Let's say I have a site like the store application here, and I can just click through several pages on the site. And now let's say I want to store some metrics on how long each of these pages are taking to load on this application. Now there are several ways we can gather this information. One solution is to go to the log file and look at how long each of the requests took to process and gather the information here. But what if we wanted in some kind of database that we can easily group the pages and find the average and total times? Another solution is to use a third-party tool such as New Relic's RPM. Uh, but let's say in this case I just want something really simple just to record the amount of time each request takes. What I want to show you here is how to do this through a new feature in Rails 3, which will allow us to subscribe to various notification events. As you can see, here's a documentation. It's under Active Support Notifications, and you can create an instrument by just calling notifications.instrument, and when this block is executed, when it's finished, it's going to set out a notification event, and anyone that subscribed to that event will get triggered. Now the average request in a Rails 3 application sends out several of these notifications which we can subscribe to. So let's try this out and see what we get. So here I have that Rails application open, and the first thing I want to do here is create a new initializer file so that we can subscribe to notifications. I'm just going to call this notifications.rb. Now to subscribe to a notification, all you have to do is call active support, notifications, subscribe. And then if we pass an argument into here, we can filter out which notifications we want to subscribe to. But if we leave it no arguments here, it'll subscribe to every notification. And that's what we want here so that we can see exactly which notifications our Rails application is sending out for each request. So if we pass in a block, there's several arguments which will be passed into here. The first one is the name of the notification. Then we have the starting time. Then we have the finishing time of that instrument. And then we have the ID of that notification. And then finally, the payload, which contains a hash of information about that notification. Now to start off with, let's just log these notifications under the Rails logger so that we can see exactly what is being sent here. So we'll call debug, and then we'll pass it an array of options here. We'll say notification, and then we'll just pass in all these arguments here and join them by a string. By a space. So now if we start up our server and then reload this page here, and then by checking out the log file, we can see all the notifications that were sent during that single request. So here's that request, and if you check out all the various notification lines here, you can see the name of the notification, the starting and end times, the ID of the notification, and then finally the payload hash of attributes, which contains unique information for each notification. And then you can see there's various notifications here, some on active record queries. So if you want to subscribe to various active record queries and determine exactly how long each one is taking and other information. And then there's the last one here, which is what I want to focus on because this is happens when our request has fully finished. And that way we can keep track of how long this request took to process. And you can see we have our starting and ending time. And in our payload of options, we get a lot of options here, like the params, which are useful. And we have the path option here, which I want to use to determine which page was triggered. And we also have status, and we also have view runtime and database runtime, which is really useful as well to determine how long uh, our application took in the view and the database layers. 
And notice these numbers are the same numbers that show up in our log entry here as well. So we're getting the same information, it's just much more accurate, and this way we can programmatically do whatever we want with it instead of having to parse our log file. In this case, I want to track this information in the database so I can better figure out which pages are slow. Uh, if you're using this in production, you'd probably want to use a memory-based store so that it's more efficient, but here I'm just going to generate a normal model for storing this information in. I'm actually going to use the nifty scaffold so that we can better see the information. Uh, it's going to be called page request. It's going to contain several attributes. The first one here is the path for the given page on our site. I'll just make that a string. Then we have the page duration, which I'll turn into a float. Then we have the view duration, which will also be a float. And also the database duration, which will be a float as well. And I'll just have the index action for this controller. Then we'll migrate our database. So now we have a model that we can record this information into. So the first thing to do is remember the name here so that we can subscribe to only this notification. And then we just have to remember the attributes inside the payload that we want to fetch the information out of. So going back to our notification subscription, if we pass in an argument to the subscribe call, it'll limit which notifications we subscribe to. Now one option is to use a regular expression. So we could just say action controller, and that way it'll subscribe to every uh, notification which contains action controller in it inside the notification name. Otherwise we can use a full string such as this and that way it'll match that notification exactly. And then we just need to create a new page request record every time this event is triggered. So inside this block here um, I'm just going to paste in the code to save us a bit of time but as you can see we create a new page request record and we assign our path using our payload attribute. As you can see our payload hash is passed in here and assign our page duration using the finish and starting times and then our view runtime and database runtime. So then we just have to start up our application and visit our pages a few places, send a few requests, and then we can just access the uh, page requests URL. And there we go. There's our um, page request records, our path, page duration, view duration, and database duration. All this information is now stored in the database. So now we can easily use this information to find out which pages are slowest, create graphs so we can monitor this over time, and so on. Now the notification events that Rails internally sends is primarily used for metrics, like I'm demonstrating here. But you can use notifications in any way you want, and you can create your own notifications as well. Let me show you. As you notice in this application, I'm able to search our products here. So I can type in a keyword search, and then results come up here. Now what if I want to log the search terms that people use in our application? Now if you check inside our product model, you can see there's a search method here, which is where the search is taking place. And this is a great place to log the user's terms. However, I don't really want our product model to be burdened with how we're going to log these keyword search terms. I might want to put it in a log file. I might want to store it in some kind of other database. Um, I'm not really sure yet. And if we use notifications, it's a great way to just send out all the information about the keyword search, and that way anyone can subscribe to the notification and log it however they want. So to send a notification event, you have to create a new instrument. To do that, you just call active support, uh, notifications, dot instrument, and then just pass it the name of the notification. In this case, we'll just call it products.search, and then you can pass it any other information you want. And this will be passed into the payload. So it's usually a hash of attributes such as the search term, 
uh, will just be the search attribute here. Now we have an option here. We could use a block here, which in this case, when the block is finished executing, it's going to send the uh, notification event, but this way we will be able to track the starting and ending time of this block. However, because we're using scopes here, that information is not really very valuable because the database query doesn't take place right in this call here. So uh, you can just not pass in a block and that'll just trigger it right here when it's called and the starting and ending time will just be the same time. And then back inside our notifications initializer file, we can subscribe to this notification and then handle it however we want. So here's an example of what you might do. You just call subscribe with that product search notification name and in this case, we're just going to log it to the Rails logger, but we could really do it however we want. So then after restarting the application, I'll just perform a search here to demonstrate this. And you can see here, our search term was successfully logged because it was handled through notifications. All right, so that's how we can use notifications in Rails 3 to basically move logic outside of a class and handle it elsewhere wherever we want. We could even add as many subscribers as we want to handle this uh, notification uh, separately in different places. However, you have to be careful with the notifications pattern like this here because it can be overused, I think. Uh, for example, let's say we have a user and when they register, we want to send them out an email. I don't think that's a good pattern for notifications, even though you could use it in that case. You can send out a notification saying the user has been created and then add a notification to send out the email. I prefer to use notifications primarily for logging things or doing something that's really not external to the user interface. I prefer to use it for things that uh, doesn't change the application's core behavior. Because otherwise, you run the risk of scattering the core logic of your application into various places, and anything can be listening to a given notification, so uh, the logic could be anywhere. This makes the code a lot harder to read and debug, so uh, just make sure you keep the notifications to something that's not the core logic of your app. Alright, that's it for this episode on notifications and Rails 3. And also be sure to check out the API documentation for further information. I'll link to this in the show notes.